You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm your host today, Luke. I don't know why it's just today, because it's every time, but here I am, and I'm joined by uh, Steve Orsillo. Yes. And uh, Vicky is not with us today. You've heard of being ruthless. Today we're Vicky-less. Vicky-less. Yeah, uh... Which is grace and truth and <laughs> love and peace and all those things. And we, we're going to try to muddle on without her. Yeah. We'll might lose some of our levity, but I'm sure it'll be good nonetheless. So... Uh, yeah, I, we had our men's camp out for us last week, but by the time this comes out, maybe two weeks ago, I don't know what happened, where we are in time, but anyway, we had a men's camp out recently, and I, as Vicky's not here, I just thought it'd be good to touch base on a couple of things about that, but really the idea of men, um, having their life belong to Jesus and standing for, what it means to be a Christian man and those kind of things. So we'll probably get some scripture and some topic in a little bit, but just why do you think it's important for men to stand up in the church today? Well, first and foremost, men have abdicated leadership and living and priesthood of their home to, to women, to their wives, yeah. to their mothers, to their, you know, to the church leadership. I mean, across the board, um, still, still pastors are, are by far men. Yeah. But then they don't lead the church. All the you know they they like to really, really leave the prayer leading and the and the worship leading and the and the just the you know the people who step forward to do stuff, you know, yeah, volunteering and you go almost ninety percent of people who work in kids churches mm-hmm. are mostly women and you know, obviously we know the future of this church is based on the children growing up right. and so who's influencing those children. And the women are doing a fabulous job. I'm not complaining about that. I'm claiming I probably am a little bit sensitive about men abdicating that rule, giving it up, walking away from it, letting it be someone else while they go do something else, while they concentrate their life. And I worry about that because the descriptions of Christianity by the apostles is so amazingly specific about laying your life down. Mm -hmm. Jesus was so clear, and he only taught men. You know, he only chose men for his leaders, his apostles. And so he was definitely encouraging men to love one another as I have loved you by laying your life down by, you know, he who lays his life down gains his soul and he who tries to gain his life loses his soul. What right. does it profit a man? And it's all really about men and, and, you know, lots and lots and lots of effort, you know. And so I call men forward. Let's, let's take on the leadership of this thing. Let's, let's see the need. Let's be righteous and holy in Jesus and let Jesus live in us to go out and have the power from on high be our source in our work. And if, and, and invite the women to go with us, invite the women to, you know, have their ideas and be themselves, but let's not just make men lay down and stop doing it. Let's go alongside and let's take, take the mantle and say, you know, ladies, we got this. We'll take care of you. We'll cover you. Yeah. It's good. Why do you think that, or what do you think the biggest draw away from men doing that is in, in the world today? 
Well, I think it's mostly the uh, you don't have to do anything to be justified. So if you tell me this, that I don't have to do anything, I just have to believe. I just have to say, I confess with my heart, you know, believe in my heart, confess with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead, I'm saved. So really there's nothing to do. Well, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? No, you, you want to do it, go ahead. I won't oppose you, but just go ahead. And men begin to say, you know, I'd rather be golfing or I'd rather be working and making money. I'd rather be watching the game. Yeah. And they don't, they really don't, you know, I'd rather be riding my bike. There's just so many different things. And, and men just were told there's nothing required wow. except for a prayer at an altar. And I think that causes us to buy into it and say, no, I don't need that. I don't need to do all those things. And yet James tells us faith, we are saved by grace. Or Paul says we are saved by grace and that through faith. And James says faith comes by hearing. Sorry, that's not him either. He says, uh, <laughs> I'll know your faith, faith by, by your works. works and yeah. works, faith without works is dead. Yep. And um, so if my faith is dead, how do I have grace? If that's how grace comes through wow. to me is by faith. If we are saved by grace and that through faith, well, what is faith? Mm-hmm. What is believe? And if I, that's the only way I get grace, that must mean, and, and the, and faith, if faith, the faith is the only door that grace can get into me through, then if my faith is dead, how do you get through a dead door? So, um, it's doing stuff and you know, it's just, it's in there so many times. I just, I was just reading a verse. I think I wish I could remember, uh, where it was last Sunday, um, that, it just said men will be rewarded based on their works, yeah. based on what they do. Yeah. And I think men need to hear that more often because I think men need the carrot. They're like, men are a little bit more like mules than women are. They're a little <laughs> bit more stubborn. Yeah. And so, you know, to want to get a mule, you put a carrot on a stick and put it out in front of him. He goes after the, st- the carrot and then you get him moving. And I think men need the carrot to be out in front of them mm. as, you know, come, come get this and come do this. And, great will your you know results be now i would rather for my own life i'd rather say that it's love for jesus christ it's an understanding of his forgiveness and understanding what he went through to provide a way for me to overcome you know like mm-hmm. the law the, it is not impossible to be go to heaven through the law it's just too late for me right i blew that i never obeyed the 10 commandments and so once I needed Jesus that I didn't really have, I only have one door to go through. And so I only have that chance to go through on that. And so I want to make sure that I'm living by the new covenant and I'm understanding it clearly, not taking it for granted. And so I think that's we, we need to call men to this. Let's look. Look at the New Testament. What does it teach? It says confess and believe. Okay, so then what does confess and believe mean? What does it mean to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart? What does that mean? I mean, there's a million parables about, you know, two two branches. One bears fruit, one doesn't. Mm-hmm. The one that doesn't, they're both, it's in me, any branch in me that does not bear fruit. So it's our, we're, we're not talking about pre-Christian, post-Christian. We're talking about any branch in Christianity that does not bear fruit mm-hmm. will be cut off and thrown away. Any branch that does bear fruit will be taken taken care of, fed, nurtured, aired, and allowed to bear more fruit. Yeah. And actually supernatural fruit that remains forever. Nobody's fruit remains forever. But he says fruit that will remain, he says. And if you look at that and you look at two foundations, one is sand, one is rock, 
you know, yada, yada, on and on, right? The sheep and the goats, one gets punished, one gets rewarded. Yep. Uh, the, the oil in the lamps, one is empty, nope, never get in. Mm. Weeping and gnashing of teeth, the other is full, get in, enter into my rest, enter into the wedding feast of the Lamb. And so there's all these reasons why it's really important for us to know the truth before we settle on something. And when enough people tell us all you do is say a prayer and say you believe and say you can and say something with your mouth and you've qualified as confess and believe, I think I think there's way too many parables that say there's going to be a different standard than America's view or English view, the word and the way today's lifestyle is in the definition of confess and believe. It's going to be That's different really because the very parables in the New Covenant say it's going to be different. So then you go to the apostles who interpret the words of Jesus into their life, and then they write letters to say to other people how you live this interpreted version of Jesus's words. Right. And in every case, they say the same thing. They say exactly the same thing. If you're believing any gospel other than the one I preach to you, you believe in vain, you will perish. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm crying because you come and you say you believe, but you won't believe the gospel I taught you. And they're the ones that say, follow me as I follow Christ. Do as you see me do. Yeah. And what did they do? They gave up everything, left everything, sold everything, put themselves in danger, put themselves in jail, being beaten. One of them was told, hey, don't preach Jesus or you'll get beat again. <laughs> he says, well, as for beatings in jail, that's up to you. As for preaching the gospel, I don't have any choice. Yeah. So we are going to preach the gospel and, and let you decide about the beatings in the jail. I mean, that's some courage. Another one said, when Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem, they said, don't go. He said, no, I'm going. Let's go die with him. Yeah. I mean, this is some uncommon courage, uncommon mm -hmm. valor. And what was it for? It was for the love of Jesus. And I think that loving Jesus is a lost message today. And that's why I tell men, that's why I go to these men's retreat, and I'm just, I am filled, man. I, had, I preached six times in three days or whatever it was. And, uh, and they were all just so anointed, so rich. And I was just like, wow, yeah. God, you are calling us further up and farther in. You are calling us in, man. You're opening this word to us. You're opening this truth to us. And you're showing us that this life does not belong to me. Mm. If I insist on this life belonging to me, then that life doesn't belong to God. Yeah. This life has to belong to God for that life to belong to God. That's really good. This one is temporary. That one is eternal. And he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. Um, and it purchased with a price. He yeah. says, I have been bought with a price. Yeah. My life is no longer my own. That's the Galatians 2. Galatians 2, yeah. yeah. And, and now the life which I live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And it's like, this is like Christianity 101. Mm -hmm. If faith comes by hearing the word of God, then we should be hearing the word of God, Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's the word of God that we should be hearing. And that's where faith comes from. Yeah. Then if we want our faith to be able to procure or allow grace to come in, it has to be a faith that opens the door and that faith has to be alive it has to be sharp like the word it has to be able to discern truth from lies and it has to let grace come in and and that's the only hope i have of salvation is if grace gives it to me mm -hmm. 
But what he's saying, what Jesus said and what Paul's saying is that grace can't give me life if my life belongs to me. Wow. My life has to belong to Jesus. He said um, about the statement Peter made, he said, on this rock, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. He said, your name is no longer Simon, Simon, but I'm changing it to Peter. And the word and the name Petra means piece of the rock. Mm-hmm. Well, what he has just said was that the truth he said was the rock. So the rock is this truth that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he said, you are a piece of the rock. And on this rock, not the piece, on the rock of that truth, I will build my church. Mm -hmm. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And what I started my Christian walk really hating the church. Mm Someone informed me, you know, because I was willing to speak about it. I don't like the church. I'm never <laughs> going to a church. I'm not going to be in leadership in a church. I mean, it wasn't very long. I mean, I was 19 when I first became a youth pastor, so in a church. But I got saved at 18, or I met Jesus at 18. And so it was a short time. I mean, I'm railing against the church and everything about the church. And someone just said, have you read in there where it says that's his bride? Can you imagine someone talking about someone's bride the way you're talking about his church? Mm. Well, I, of course, repented and cried, and Lord, I'm so sorry. What in the heck? How could that be your bride? Mm. And he laid it on me that it's not all my bride. It's, it's, it's a lot of fakery. It's a lot of illusion that some of it looks like the church, but it's not the church. Right. And then he has a church that he built, and the gates of Haiti will not prevail against it. So if the church is real, and, and it's Jesus' church, then the gates of Haiti can't be prevailing against it. If it's not Jesus' church, then the gates of Hades actually probably own it. Wow. And so if it's the church of Jesus Christ, then Jesus owns it because it's the church of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Right. He's the, he he's owns the bridegroom. It. Yeah. yeah. And he's the bridegroom, and, he, and he's taking possession of his – it yeah. uses the word possession yeah. of his bride. And – is, he's taking possession of his bride, and he's owning his church. And if Father's house is one of those churches, which I am always open to being shown where we're not. Mm-hmm. But when he wrote letters to churches, he said there was a lampstand that he would put in there and or remove. Mm-hmm. And when I was praying about the Father's house, he was showing me that he was giving me a lampstand. And a lampstand, you know, it can be a couple things. It can be a little short table that you put a lamp on. But that isn't a Jesus lampstand. It's, it's lifted up from the earth. So you put a lamp high on a pole. And the lampstand of the Christian church is a lampstand, a pole that's tall. And the lamp put on it has to be Jesus. Yeah. So first and foremost, if the Father's house is going to be a church with a lampstand, it's got the light on the lampstand, it's got to be, and it's going to belong to Jesus, it has to be that that's who you talk about. That's who you highlight. That's who you share. That's who you believe in and confess. And that's who's and that. And here's the one that's going to kick you. That's who owns you like a slave is owned by a master. Yeah. The word itself, Lord, is used in the new covenant 700 times. And what it literally means is the Lord of the slaves. Uh, it's really the owner, right. clearly the owner. So, if you're talking about the land owner in those days, you would say when the Lord comes, mm. the Lord of the land comes and he would be because he's the owner of the land. He's the Lord of the land. Yeah. And, you know, you, you obey and you do it the way he wants it and you serve the way he wants it because he's the Lord of the land. Yeah. 
I was thinking about this a little bit when we were at the camp out, the picture of uh, Lord and Savior, right? We, t- we talked a little bit about, like, how uh, back a while ago, decades ago now, the idea of Lord and Savior being separate entities yeah, came in, right? Yeah, yeah, Which is, just doesn't make sense. But, he's your Lord, but not... Right. He's your Savior, but not yeah. your Lord, right? But the idea that, like, he is Savior, but I was thinking about it, like, physically. Like, if, if I was in a land that was held by an enemy... And then somebody came in and saved me, pulled me out of that land, and brought me then into their land. I'd have to come under their rule. You'd have to serve, yeah. Right. But we want to somehow come. We want the benefits of being in his kingdom, in his land. But we. That's don't how work. all lands work right. for ten thousand years. Exactly. Every kingdom, every everything yeah. worked that way. Yeah. So you succumb to the Romans. They send you a peace treaty. Right. Surrender to us, and we will take your young men to serve in our military. Mm-hmm. We will teach you how to be Roman. We will teach you how to serve. We want this many of your, you know, daughters, mm-hmm. and you would give it over for the mixing. Then they would their their men would mix with your daughters mm-hmm. to make a mixed race, mm-hmm. and cause you to be more loyal to being Roman. And that's, I mean, that's that was just how everyone did it. Right. Wasn't the Romans? They didn't think up it up, think it up. That's how you did it when you conquered a land. And if they didn't want to do that, they would fight you, and then you would kill most of their men. And get all of their women and all of their land, and it would become Rome anyway. Right. And so, in lordship of Jesus Christ, it's we surrender to be owned as slaves to Him. And if He owns me, and he, and the church is His church, then and He assigns me to this church, like you're just a cabinet maker, carpenter, you're some kind of you know plumber, or you're a doctor, a lawyer. And you belong to Jesus, and he's assigned you to a church, which he is assigning everyone to a church. And we just have grown away from that. Then really that church becomes part of the ownership mm. model, and it, it really the church owns you. It's his church. He owns you. He's the master of the church. He's the Lord of the church. Mm. The lampstand is granted by him. And when he threatens a church, he says, I will remove your lampstand. He says, if you do these things, I will not remove your lampstand. And it's like, wow, this is some pretty serious stuff. We all serve the same lampstand. And it's like that lampstand has Jesus on on the throne, basically at the top. And he says, if you lift me up like that, I will draw men to me. And I just, my prayer is so completely draw them into you lord draw them to you lord and when i preach on sunday you know i'm relatively constantly looking for what's the message of the father's house and it really is give your life to him really is fall in love with him it isn't you know he's going to bless you and he's going to take care of you i i wish more often i taught those things but if you just teach the words of jesus it's about what it, what what the gospels are about is a community and a people that fell short mm. mixed in with some people that said right things like the greatest statement yeah. of faith uh, your faith has made you well um, god's mercy has visited you let your cares be on me and i'll take care of you but the vast majority of his stories are an example that tells there were two of this and two of that mm. two doors Wide is the way that leads to construct, uh, uh, destruction. destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. 
there's just so many things. There's two trees. I mean, it's just like, it's like the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's twos. There's just twos and twos and twos. And all these stories are about people who failed and people who succeeded. And the people who succeeded, it always says, a way to eternal life, a way to, to the wedding feast. I got to in, come into the land, got to uh, receive more. The person who invested their talents wisely and the person who didn't invest their talents wisely. You know, they, they received bountiful reward and they received what they have being taken away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's strong warning and it's strong admonition. And I'm thinking if you want to be a Jesus man and you want to be a Jesus preacher, you're going to have to preach what he says, and you're not going to be able to apologize for it because he's not apologizing for it. He's saying exactly this. Truly, truly, I say to you, verily, verily, I'm telling you. The truth I'm telling you, listen to me. Yeah. And then he tells you how to be cursed and how to be blessed. Yeah. And I think that one word everybody hates, and I mean, honestly, I preached this at the men's retreat about ownership, and I said, you know, the if you're a pastor and you're ordained and you're a leader and you're a member of a church, that church literally should own you. Mm. You should see it as the work of the church is God's work. I'm God's. So therefore the work of the church is my work. Mm. The, the, the message of the church is my message. The paying of the bills of the church is my responsibility. And, uh, instead of, I had to give my church this much, it should be, look what I get to provide for the church to be strong and, and, and powerful and, and go out into the world. And so those of us who can, who work with the offerings, you know, we receive them, we look to them, we know what we can do based on them. The church of Jesus Christ in America is utterly failing at owning its, the church at the church at understanding that this is Jesus's church. And when you give money to the church, you're giving to Jesus. When you give yeah. time to the church, you're giving to Jesus. When you give your energy, it's to Jesus. And yeah. the church sh- should own you. Its mission should own you. It should be, what What do you do in your life? I serve the mission of Jesus Christ as laid out by the, how he laid it out in the Father's House Church. And um, he just so happened, called me to be the pastor, the shepherd of the sheep. And I maybe have dropped the ball in not really highlighting this. The church should own you. Mm. The works of the church should reflect upon you. If the church is doing bad, you should feel, oh, wow, that, that's really bad. That makes Jesus look bad. Mm. If the church is doing phenomenal things, they say, look, at, we, we, look what we get to do for Jesus. Yeah. Does any of this make sense? It does. I mean, I think the attitude today is we, we look to the church to serve us as opposed to us serving the church. Right? Same with Jesus, though. I yeah, mean, that's right. the whole message is he's come to bless you yeah. and he's come to take care of yeah. you. And he will he will give you your the desires of your heart. I know the plans that I have made for you, that I have for you to bless you and not curse you. And it's true. He has he has those plans. But who's he talking mm-hmm. to? Those that obey. Yeah. All these all these promises are for those that obey those that come to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Israel sent a, a priest in to say, we want a king. We want a man to be our king, just like all the other kingdoms. And he said, boy, you don't want a man to be your king. What are you lacking with me being your mm-hmm. king? And they said, we want a man. And he let him have it. And, yeah. and, and Saul just betrayed them. Yeah. Really. Strife after strife. If you read, so, read. From that time yeah. on, they yeah. never, all the way to the time of Jesus, yeah. they never had it. The, they never had the stories 
of the patriarchs mm-hmm. again. They never had those judges. I mean, they, they lost everything because the kings led them away from him. Yeah. Solomon let all these other gods, you know, mm-hmm. and Solomon was the son of his favorite, right? Yeah. So weird how that came about and how dumb they were to not <laughs> understand that to have God be your king, you are his subject, and yeah. you are subject to him. His church owns you. His kingdom owns you. His, his, his uh, system owns you. Yeah. His, obe- his command is your command. His will is your will. I mean, people wouldn't want to say it that way, the church owns you. But I, I can't get it through any other way until I say that. And they're all shocked and they, I never thought of that. I've never thought of the church owning me. What are you talking about? You can't believe what that stirred up, man. That, that was like I knocked a hornet's nest with a board and, and just stood there while they stung me to death. Yeah. But people were shook up by me saying that. But then when they read the layout of, well, if he's your Lord and he owns you, mm-hmm. which is it says specifically he owns you, and then it says my church, he owns the church, yeah. he owns his church i'm not sure about every church but he owns his church and uh well if he owns a church and he owns me then the church owns me yeah and especially if that's the place he's called you to be yeah yeah and he has i love the father's house and i'm so glad that i just get to sit and watch him work yeah and his light shine it's pretty amazing and what we see in jesus himself and his life on earth is him being submitted to the father's will in every way like he he only saw what he saw him doing only spoke what he saw him heard him say you know he wasn't he didn't live his life to accomplish his will he lived his life to accomplish the father's will you know not my will but yours be done and we say we want to be christ-like but the the obedience surrendered part of christ-likeness sometimes we that's exactly (laughs) what living in his image means do be just like him yeah to be a disciple means to be just like him when he says, you are my disciple, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Everybody wants the truth, and they want it to set them free, and they want to be free. Okay, but do you want to be just like him? Yeah, and that's what he says, right? In that he was verse. betrayed. He was yeah. hated. He was despised. He was beaten. He was punched. He was tormented, whipped, and then crucified. Yeah. You want to be just like him? <laughs> and he says, if you're my disciple, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if you don't do these things, you can't be my disciple. And if you do those things, you can't be my disciple. And he says it quite a bit, and it's like, I want to be his disciple, and I'm really hoping there's no crosses or crucifixions in the future, but I want to be his disciple. Yeah. So I want to lay my life down. I want to be a foot washer. I want to be a servant of all like he was. I want to be able to speak the truth like he did, say only what the Father's saying, say do only what the Father does. And I want all those things. Yeah. But more than anything, I just want to belong to him and know him. Yeah. I, want to be, I want to live my life thankful for what it took for my forgiveness. It's too late for me to win in the old covenant. It's too late. The ship has sailed. I've got to, I've got to be seen in the new covenant as a person forgiven. And I've got to receive forgiveness. And what did it take to procure my forgiveness? And I've got to treat that with the utmost respect. Man, he went through hell. He went to hell, it says in one place came back you know and brought the captives broke the gates off Mm -hmm. he went through all of that for my forgiveness come on man come on how do you not i mean how do you not fall in love with jesus you know i i have people falling away on a daily basis it seems like a daily it's probably weekly people fall away Mm. they're on fire they're like the seeds that fell along the road and sprouted up and then died it's like 
How, how did you, did, I asked one recently, have you had an experience? Yeah. Have you, have you heard his voice? Yeah, I have. And you're going to walk away anyway? How did you not fall in love with him? Wow. How did you experience him that closest to hear his voice, feel his presence, and not just fall in love with him? That's what I want. I want to fall more and more. The litmus test, do I love more? Hmm. Do I have joy in hard things more? Do I walk according to his plan more? Does his will trump my will more now than it used to? And that's what I want. I want to go forward, further up and farther in, line upon line, precept upon precept, further up and farther in, day after day, further up and farther in. Yeah. I think if a generation of believers, of men and women too, would grasp this idea of their life not being their own and really living it for Christ and with Christ, I think the, the world would not be as dark as it is you know it wouldn't look like look the same and we have an opportunity in these days to be a light you know both a light as the lampstand of the church as a whole but then individually like what what is what light are you shining on the people around you you know my my sphere of influence or your sphere of influence what are we what are we showing the world around us are we showing them jesus and him crucified or are we showing them my pursuit of my life that's right um but i yeah, I just think I think this idea of ownership really, you know, I, I, I saw at the camp out how it struck a chord in lots and lots of people, and I thought it would be good for us to talk about today because I think that shift of Jesus blessing my life or the church serving my <laughs> life, you know, is is or something being a that, slave to him, right? Yeah, it, we we gotta switch that around so that I'm I'm not, it, it, yeah, I'm serving him, I'm a slave to him, I'm I'm owned by him, not. He comes and does my will. And yet, I'm always talking about the blessings of my life. Yeah. I mean, I have, like, way beyond blessings. Like, whoa, yeah. my blessings gone on forever. And they're extravagant, and yet that isn't what I do it for. Mm. That's just the byproduct of what I do it for. I do it for him. I do it for the cross. I do it because of the cross. Yeah. I do it because of the cost he paid for me and the love he showed me. When I was yet unlovable, even yet a sinner, he died for me. And I just am, I'm, I marvel at that. And I don't know why people don't fall in love with him for that. And, want, and, and people don't say, look what I get to do. Look what he's called us to do. Look what we get to do, my goodness. Yeah. We just get to follow him along, getting, getting to see what he's doing. Well, thank you so much, Steve. Thank you for listening today, guys. I, I just want to take another moment and invite you again to our School of Transformation. We have School of Transformation starting in the in September next month. We've got our full-time residential school that you uh, can learn a lot about at transformationschool.org alongside of our School of Transformation Light, which is a part-time school, which you can do in person or online. It's a Sunday morning class. Uh, we'd love to invite you on that journey of getting to know more of who God is and who that makes you and what he made you for and that, that adventure. And really <laughs> maybe this episode didn't make it sound super attractive because there's a challenge involved, but I, I, I have personally taken on this challenge of letting him own my life. And I can tell you that it's, it, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, it's exactly what I want and exactly what I need. So it's a beautiful journey walking with the Lord. So I encourage you guys to come alongside of us, learn with us, and we'd love to have you as part of our team serving him. Amen. And we'll see you next time. We have a, a special guest with us. So see you then. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. 
If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.